Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is uh, involved with a company called BrainVivo.com. Uh, we're going to be talking about imaging technologies uh, of the brain. How are you doing? Uh, thank you. How are you? Good. Good, yeah. Speaking of brains, mine was a little bit confused today. But uh, yeah, if you would, let uh, <laughs> listeners know what you do at BrainVivo. What do you, what do, you guys do? Um, so uh, BrainVivo is, uh, is the next generation of brain imaging technologies which converts clinical MRI scanner into uh, virtual microscopes. So uh, our mission is to, to use our novel HD MRI-based non-invasive neuromarkers to reveal new medical information based on brain microstructures. And then what kind of brain microstructures? Can you, uh, can you give me an example? Yeah, so if we, if we think of the brain like a, like a train station, so we have the, the stations and we have the tubes connecting um, each station to um, another station. So the brain composes of, of mainly of the gray matter, uh, which uh, are related or uh, resemble to the to the train station itself, and the tubes, uh, which are the white matter. So we have the brain regions like the visual and, and auditory and motor, etc. Um, and they're uh, transmitting information to other brain regions through uh, the tubes or the cables, which are the white matter. So these are the the the, the basic brain elements. And we and when we're talking about microstructure, we're talking about the smallest element of the brain. We're talking about brain cells. So all right. So you were able to elucidate these structures. Um, what are you able to do with the imaging that shows you know the essentially the plumbing of the brain? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good term. So um, up till now, if you want to see the the plumbing of the brain. Uh, you need to take off the brain. I mean, you, you need to, to use a corpse and then to uh, dissect the brain from, from your body and then slice it and put it under the microscope because uh, the, the imaging technologies that we have today and, and MRI is one of the best imaging today um, or the, sensi- more, the most sensitive today has a resolution limitation. So we can see changes in the tissue level and not on the cells. And tissues mean hundreds of thousands of cells. Uh, and when a radiologist looks at an MRI image and you see some variation uh, in the image, it is far too late because the tissue has been changed. We would like to see changes mm. on cells because if we can see changes of cells, that means that we can early diagnose brain diseases and disorders. So you're able, all right, so you're able to see changes on a cellular level instead of an MRI, which only looks at whatever has happened or what's there currently. Um, how do you do this imaging without being invasive? Like, what does the the brain vivo device look like, and literally, where does it sit? Okay, so basically, we we use uh, a regular MRI infrastructures. Uh, so you can use any MRI you have today in hospitals, and we tweak. The MRI, so so we have our protocol. It's like a software that we can plug into any MRI uh, device, um, and then we scan the brain differently than um, uh, today routine scans. 
and we provide images that maybe will look a bit odd for the uh, uh, clinicians, but our software, we have a, a post-analysis software that, that knows what to do with this information, and we can extract um, the, the, this unique information and calculate uh, the diameter of the plumbing. So uh, what we, we are doing is like we can track water molecule movement inside the brain, and we all have water molecules inside the brain, so we don't need to inject anything. Um, and we have a unique way, uh, again, to tweak the MRI to be sensitive to water movement inside cylinders. So we can track the water movement and then its boundaries in the brain. Um, and then we can quantify the, the axon diameter. The axons are uh, the tubes, as I mentioned before. So we can measure the axon diameter and then to uh, see if there is variation um, or degradation uh, of, of those tubes. And that means that you have um, problems to um, transmit information from one area to another. Um, and that can be um, a very uh, sensitive neuromarker for brain diseases, such as multiple sclerosis. Hmm. Um, how, how early on is your sensing? You know, if you disease in the brain, um, how much, how far out in the future will that disease possibly occur? Okay, so um, I gave the example of, of uh, multiple sclerosis uh, because this is the first degree uh, disease that we started working on. And in multiple sclerosis, we know today that the disease starts um, somewhere in the age of uh, puberty, uh, but eventually it will be diagnosed between the age of 20 and 40. Um, the average days is is about 30 years old. And the thing is that the disease starts, you can see anything, not in imaging, not um, on, on, on the person's behavior. And only when it peaks after approximately 10, 15 years, um, the, the patient can, can have like a neurological symptoms. They can be blinded uh, for a couple of hours. It can be, uh, you know, have extreme pain or... Uh, Half of the body, uh, you can't move it, etc. And when wow. you go to to uh, to the hospital, most of the of the cases will be sent back home, since multiple sclerosis should be multiple in time in space. So we need to come again because the doctor would like to see two attacks, not only one, and also to verify that the attacks will be in different regions of the brain. So it's taken today approximately four and a half years. To diagnose MS, uh, our technology and our research um, that we conducted, first of all, um, we can see degradation of axon diameter of 20% in multiple sclerosis patient. But also, we took a group that that um, with high risk for MS, since they have a first onset, uh, and they sent sent home, you know, to wait for the second one. And we use our technique to uh, to uh, predict who will be uh, diagnosed as MS. And, and for our technology, we were right in 92% of the cases. Wow. So the bottom line is that we hope, you know, to early diagnose uh, MS patients um, and, you know, cut the, the diagnosis uh, gaps we have today. And and MS is only the, one, the first disease we, we got into and we're really facing uh other diseases as well. 
what are some other disease? You know, we'll get we'll cover MS more, but what are some other diseases that you're hoping to find evidence of in the brain? Okay, so for for instance, uh, we know that in Alzheimer's disease, um, um, you know, it's one of the most I think uh, uh, known and 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 uh, discussed diseases today. Um, in in Alzheimer's disease, in the last uh, five years, there is, there are evidence talking about um, axonal swelling. That means that the plumbing or the tubes are being larger uh, in the age of forty. Um, so if we have uh, the technique uh, to measure the axon diameter in vivo in a living human brain, um, we really hope to find, and this is a research that we are uh, already started to uh, to conduct, whether we can see um, axonal swelling in in the patient that today are 40, but um, maybe in the future that will be um, diagnosed as Alzheimer's. And also Alzheimer's is a very hard uh, to diagnose disease, you know, when we diagnose Alzheimer's, it's, it's in the late of 70, um, when half of the brain or half of the cells are already gone. And even if you have the best uh, drug in the world, uh, uh, that medicine can bring, you know, can can revive uh, the brain cells. Um, so the the key he, here is to early diagnose and then early treat. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. For MS, for Alzheimer's, um, what happens if you can diagnose it years earlier? What, how much better can the treatment be? Okay, so so uh, that's a good question. Uh, today, uh, our knowledge is based on you know what what we can see today in in clinical regular MRI scanners, and and as I told you before, it's too late. So we are building drugs and medicines for what we can learn today or what we know today on the brain, uh, which is uh, it's far too late in the in the in the disease course. Uh, the ability to early diagnose will also open a new um, era of or a new chance to develop new drugs for early stages because we we don't want to fight uh, the disease in 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 in, uh, in a progress stage. We want to fight the disease in a very early stage. That the symptoms are just starting to appear, uh, and and I we believe that with our uh, tools we can early diagnose and then learn how to fight the disease in in, in the first steps. That's amazing! Wow. Yeah, I, I guess part of the answer is we don't know what we can do, but we certainly can uh, do a lot more if it's if we see it early on. <clears throat> That's great. Yeah. So for for MS, it's possible to. Um, diagnose it up to what four years earlier more than that less than that what are you seeing yeah yeah i mean um the average today for for uh, ms diagnosis is uh, four and a half years um and and and, and there is like ms like disease uh, such as lyme disease um 15 percent of lyme disease um will be diagnosed as multiple sclerosis so lyme disease is a disease that caused by uh, an insect um um, tick, that, right? yeah, yeah, that, uh, eventually, uh, if you do imaging to the brain, uh, you can see lesions and those lesions are white dots in the MRI image. And, and that's look like multiple sclerosis. So it's very hard to, um, to diagnose uh, or to distinguish one, uh, by another. And the, the treatment is, is not the same treatment. So we, we would like also to bring, you know, um, 
innovation and, and better practice, not only for MS, but also for MS-like diseases. We're talking about more than 10 million people uh, around the world that's suffering from uh, multiple sclerosis or other diseases that needs to be better diagnosed. So in MS, um, we hope to, um, first of all, to reduce the time of diagnosis from the first clinical onset, uh, which will reduce the time from four and a half years, maybe to, I don't know, a couple of months. But also uh, think about people that have high risk for MS, such as uh, family or daughter or, uh, you know, mother or father of a patient who has MS, uh, if we can uh, scan them, uh, you know, to uh, just to, to know whether they have a high risk to be MS and then to monitor them or not, uh, that can be very, very uh, good for those people. Also, to to do monitoring. You know, today, when you're an MS patient and, you, and the doctor give you a drug, um, we don't know if the drug is good for you. Uh, we just need to wait to the next onset. And then if your next clinical onset uh, will be severe or it will know then then we expect it, then we will replace the drug. We don't have any sensitive monitoring today to say to the patient, the drug is good for you or let's change the drug. So we, we also hope that our okay. techniques will be the first sensitive monitoring for those patients. Oh, very interesting. Um, so, uh, all right, the, um, the scan is you said it's uh, essentially the same as an MRI, a traditional one, yeah. except it finds different things. It finds smaller structures. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's not invasive to do the scan, and if people do multiple ones, um, that'll work. Yeah, I, I mentioned that. I mean, um, uh, we, we talked about the mess, but in, in any brain diseases, uh, eventually patient will go uh, through MRI scan. So you don't need to bring the, the patient, you know, uh, specifically for the scan. They are uh, needs to go through MRI scans to do the routine scans, uh, and you need only to add uh, like five minutes scan, uh, which is our scans, in order to to find out uh, what are your axonal status, meaning what are the status of the uh, the the brain plumbings. So we can know whether you are in the in the range of healthy, or maybe in the range of MS, or in the future maybe Alzheimer's uh, or other diseases. And I just want to add that uh, our neuromarker is not solely, um, I mean, you, you, you do need to have, you know, the patient history uh, or other tests, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we do see that our uh, information, uh, innovate, um, unique information can contribute to the, to the clinician in order to early diagnose patients. So you just need to add five minutes to a regular MRI scan, and we can do our scan in any MRI infrastructure in the world. That's great. I mean, it sounds like even, um, you know, you're going to learn things about the structure of the brain uh, that you didn't know before, even beyond disease. I mean, it sounds like it can be used in many, many different uh, applications. Are you going to be licensing this to um, to scientists that want to be able to use it for just to study the brain and its structure? Uh, yeah, the, the answer is yes. Um, uh, both me and uh, obviously Professor Asaf, uh, uh, that works years in academia. Um, we we know that you know the, the one of the best way to um, to improve the technology and also to spread the rumor is to uh, you know to allow uh, the science and researchers to use it freely. 
uh, and and this is one of our first intention, you know, to uh, to give it to anyone that would like to test our technology. Um, and and you know, we are a small company, we are a startup company, so our resources are limited, and we really want to uh, um, to use um, the 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 power of research. Uh, and our uh, collaborators around the world to use these uh, techniques on a various of diseases. Uh, that way, first of all, the, uh, we can learn about the brain uh, in a new way. And also we can gain from that, you know, learning on our technology in multiple um, indications. So, uh, so yes, we, we are willing to, you know, to, uh, um, to give it away free uh, for uh, research. And we are, always looking for collaboration in the industry. Yeah, that's great. Where is the most intense interest coming from? Are you getting inquiries? You know, do other companies and researchers know about this? You know, how public is it? Yeah, so first of all, um, our technology uh, last year in 2016 has uh, awarded uh, one of the most important work uh, in multiple sclerosis in 2016. And this year, a month ago, uh, we have been... Uh, uh, chosen as a finalist in uh, in a, a conference called BrainTech 2017, um, mm-hmm. and 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 that's only one of uh, of the, our aims, you know, to uh, um, to get out. But also, um, most most interesting uh, coming from uh, pharmaceutical companies today, uh, companies that develop uh, medications, drugs uh, in the MS field, but not only. We have now. Uh, Interest from the Parkinson Parkinson um, uh, side um, because companies really want to understand what the drug uh, are doing to the to the brain as I told you before brain microstructure to the cells uh, the ability to to learn and to know what the drugs are doing you know the baby steps of the drug will help the company to fine tune the drug and maybe um, to play or reduce its uh, its dose. Uh, and and and, those inf- and this information is very important to to those companies, especially in phase four, meaning you know after the the drug being uh, approved by the FDA, um, they're looking for clinical evidence that the drugs are working correctly. So our neuromarkers can help them to understand whether this patient or another needs to uh, to uh, have more of the drug or less, or play with the with the doses, etc. So most of the interest uh, comes from uh, pharmaceutical companies, but we're also working uh, with a medical devices company that has um, invasive devices uh, for epilepsy or uh, Parkinson, as, as I mentioned before. And they have all kinds of challenges um, that need the support of very sensitive imaging to help them um, to, to track or identify the exact location that we need to be working on. Okay. Um, any particular, um, again, interest or inquiries that you've gotten from, you know, outside companies or researchers? You know, MS, very, very important. It's big, Alzheimer's. Um, anything else that um, you've had the idea where this could be used or someone else has had the idea and you think it would be very impactful? Yeah, so first of all, um, we 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 would really want to be in in the same place um, that heart diseases uh, were like uh, six years ago, um, because six years ago um, uh, you know heart 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 
one of the leading causes of mortality all around the world. And, mm. and then by covering biomarkers um, such as, you know, uh, uh, blood pressure and obesity, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we learned a lot how to prevent heart attacks. And, and today, when you are uh, in the age of uh, 40, you're, you're going to a, a family doctor and he, and he will prescribe uh, what he needs to prescribe in order to prevent your, your heart disease. Uh, same thing we would like to do to the brain. And this is why we are collaborating with various MRI companies uh, to, um, you know, embrace our technology inside the MRI scanners. And then to uh, to try and, and to learn and to find uh, new neuromarkers using our technology that eventually when you will be 30, 40, 50, yeah, you will go to the doctor and you will go through an MRI scan. And then um, from the MRI scan and from the images that we can provide uh, re- related to your brain cells, uh, we can know your brain status both on the gray matter um, scale and also the white matter scales, and we can predict virus diseases and also maybe to advise you to do this, that, uh, meaning also medication, but also maybe to change your um, nutrition, um, you know, reduce uh, stress, etc. So I really believe that that we are going this way, and 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 this is why you know um, the MRI companies are very very interested, you know, to um, um, to be able to to track and change the way that we are uh, looking at at brain health today. What about people's perception of the scan and the results? You know, right now, if um, you know, God forbid, if you were scanned or I was scanned, and they said, "Oh, you know, it looks like there's early signs of Alzheimer's or MS," I mean, you know, it melt your face off. It would really scare you. Um, how do you turn this into something that? Uh, people will want to do, or do you find that they want to do it anyway? Uh, would they rather know rather than not know? Yeah. So that that's a good question. And then eventually, um, uh, I can only say that, you know, today, uh, over the 2 billion people around the world, that's mean one or three, um, is suffering from brain diseases and, is, and disorders. And really? most of us will be, yeah, 2 billion. And most of us, um, when I say uh, brain disease and disorders, it's, you know, all the range. It's ADHD and uh, epilepsy and schizophrenia and all the range of brain abnormalities that, that you can think of. So it's, mm. it's, it's, it's one to three. Um, one or three will be uh, diagnosed. And, and when we will be diagnosed, it will be too late because, again, with, with our tools today, um, it's very hard to to, to diagnose in, in you know early. So um, when I've been asked this question, and, and and I and people ask me a lot this question, I'm 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 telling them guys, look at the room, okay? So uh, look to the right, look to the to the left. One of you uh, is suffering currently from brain disease and disorders, and 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 we don't know that because we don't have the tools. Uh, but if I will, if I will tell you that. I don't know. In ten years from now, you can know that you can know that you have something, but you can treat it with medication, with uh, nutrition, etc. E- exactly as we're doing, you know, for heart diseases. Uh, if you ask people today, uh, in the age of uh, forty, whether you, you you will go to a doctor and do tests, you know, if you have heart problems, uh, I, I don't think someone today will say, "No, I don't want to de- to know." 
Because yes, you know, we know that today heart problems are treated and we know that we have good medication and, and, and good monitoring and nobody wants to die from heart attack. Uh, but yeah. 76 years ago, it was common, uh, unfortunately. So I think that, that, uh, as a technology is evolving specifically in the medical field, um, I believe people will, will like to know um if they have uh you know high risk for brain diseases and i really believe that in the next decade we will have the solution and and answers uh, to help those uh, people yeah i guess you know now if um you get sick with the flu you don't assume that you're going to die you know or some kind of cold yeah but you know a uh, hundred years ago i'm sure it was a lot scarier now you think ah oh, just take medicine i'll be fine so perhaps yeah. it'll get to that point where you know, it's pretty crazy to say, but oh yeah, I have MS, but uh, I could just take these pills and I'll be fine. You know, so maybe that's the answer. Maybe it won't be so scary because it'll be very treatable at some point in the future. Yeah, and also I think MS is a very very good uh, example because MS is a disease that you you, you won't be die. I mean, MS won't kill you, but uh, MS is a disease that attacks the brain again and again and again, and each attack. You're losing your uh, capability. So the drugs today trying uh, to reduce and to postpone the next attack. Um, and and people have MS. All they, they they care about, you know, is to reduce um, the impact of the next attack and to try to to postpone the next attack for ten years, fifteen years, etc. And today there are very good medications that exactly do that. So people don't die from MS, and people are really want to know what what the status of their disease in order to manage the disease. Um, today, they, they want to have you know the information and knowledge, uh, not to leave it to the doctors. Uh, obviously, uh, the doctors need to manage uh, the disease, but also today because you know uh, the information we have all around internet, etc. People are taking control of their lives and and of the disease. So I think MS is a very good example how to manage your disease um, and and really to try to understand what is the current status of my MS and how can I um, use this knowledge uh, to live a better life. That makes sense. And um, I guess, you know, one of the last questions, which probably should have been one of the first, how was this idea first uh, thought of? You know, how did, how did you and your cohorts uh, figure out even to to do this, to come up with this type of scan and find these structures? Uh, okay, so um, um, this this technology has been um, started uh, in 2004 uh, with one of the co-founders, Professor Eniva Saf, uh, which came up with, with this idea. And and about five years later, I was joining uh, Eniva's team uh, during my master's degree. So I have the first degree in biotechnology and then my master's degree was in brain research. Um, so my challenge was to take the, the technology, which was after uh, a validation phase uh, in uh, excited tissues and in animals, and I implemented the methods in humans. And and, and, and what we did, we, we took uh, healthy people and and try to see whether we can measure the the people axon diameter again the the brain plumbing 
but also to measure the conduction velocity, meaning the time taking the information to pass from one brain region to another, and and to find out if we can find a correlation between the diameter and the speed. Uh, and this is something uh, we published uh, uh, a few years ago. Um, and then uh, my question was, um, if we can if we can do uh, this or find this result in healthy, maybe we, we can took a disease that has issues with conduction velocity, meaning that the information uh, is not uh, transferring at the, at the best rate. And and this is where MS got into the picture. So during my um, uh, master's degree and PhD, I was also working in the industry. So I was establishing an MRI center in, in Tel Aviv University together with Siemens uh, Corporation. Um, and later, back then, I was also the vice president of sales and marketing at another uh, medical company. So looking at the, at the medical uh, industry uh, from the eyes of um, of sales and marketing, uh, but also uh, looking in the eyes from academia as a as a, a guy who do, did his master and PhD, I noticed the gap we have, you know, between the industry and the academia. And and once uh, we saw the result in MS, I quit my job as a VP of sales and marketing, and and I told uh, Yaniv, listen, we have something here, and I know that you as a researcher would like to know to validate this method on every disease we have on earth until you, you would like to take it out. But people, you know, people need this technology and 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 we have to do it now. And 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 this is when we uh, also uh, after we we heard, you know, the neurologist and, and clinician showing th- this technology, they was I mean, they were amazed and yeah. um, since 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 then we are um it was only i think one year um we have a lot of collaboration in hospitals and also neurologists that working with us so um so so the angels are happy and 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 That's this great. is the way um we, we took it out from the you know from the academia into the industry yeah that's great that you've been so inspired by it that you you know put stuff aside to join the project and you want to get it out soon that's fantastic. Yeah. What's What's the best way for um, people to learn more about the project and to uh, you know possibly collaborate with you? You know, find or where do they go? What do they do? So um, they can just go into our website. It's www.brainvivo.com. There are some uh, explanation about uh, what we are doing and also the way to contact us. Uh, but they also can um, can look for you know uh, if 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 you are from the um, medical field or, or you want to read some papers, so you look you can look for uh, Asaf or Harvitz and Axon Diameter, and, and you can see all the publication we have on the on the methods. Some of it is also okay. in, in the website, so it will be easy to find it also. Yeah, and last question: What's your guess on how long until this becomes commercial, commercially available? You know, I can. Get an MRI scan and and get this added portion onto it to look at the microstructure of my brain. Okay, so okay, so uh, in 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 our current phase, we are working with uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, first, uh, you know, to uh, regain some uh, resources to the company, and also um, um, uh, working with uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, will strengthen the the methods. 
So after the, the, this period that, that should be end in, in the next uh, two years, uh, we are going to, uh, to approach hospitals. Uh, so I believe in two years, uh, you will see this method implemented uh, in most, I, I believe, I hope, most of MRI scanners. That's amazing. It will be like building. Hmm. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming and, and sharing this technology. And that's, uh, it's really going to be a game changer. So thanks, thanks again for coming. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.